Tess and the Pest. Play by Andras Forgard. Come in. Good morning. Oh. Oh, uh, I, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, uh, good morning. How, how can I help you? I'm not sure I've come to the right place. Is this the office of the Academic Assistance Council? Uh, yes, this. Uh, yes, 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 we are. Uh, and and you are? Oh, how terribly rude of me! I haven't introduced myself. My name is Esther Simpson. I'm looking for Dr. Leo Sillard. Oh yes, yes. Uh, come in, come in. Uh, please ha- have a seat. Uh, my name's Walter Adams. I'm the secretary of the AAC. Pleased to meet you. Would you like me to give you a hand? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, th- thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry about the uh, circumstances, Miss Simpson. Um, wh- what can I do for you? Oh. Is there a problem? Well, I'm not sure. If this is the AAC, then you sent for me. I'm terribly sorry, but I don't understand. Well, I received a telegram from you. Here, see for yourself. Uh, uh, Let's see. Um, Academic Council helping German scientists, namely Gillard's work, wants secretary. Stop. Important start next Monday. Stop. Um, Well, I must apologise on behalf of Leo. He tends to conduct himself in a haphazard way. (laughs) I'm sorry, if this is a bad time. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean it that way. Oh, um, would you, excuse me, just, just for a moment. Uh, hello, uh, this is the Academic Assistance Council, Walter Adams, Secretary speaking. Oh, Sir Beveridge, uh, how are you today? Oh, fine, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir, we have done everything conceivable for tonight's benefit dinner at the Savoy. Uh, Professor Einstein has agreed to make a speech. <laughs> uh, Dr Zillard, uh, uh, Leo, yes, um, he's, he's, he's unavailable at the moment. Uh, yes, sir, he... He, he can't come to the phone now. Uh, no, he's in the... He's in... He, he's in the bath. Oh. He wrote a letter to Lord Rothermere's secretary? Mr Althwaite? I... I, I, I didn't know that. Uh, yes, I was crystal clear he should refrain from contacting his lordship ever again. Oh. Are you saying that Mr Althwaite telephoned you? Uh, I, I, I'm sure there's nothing... To that letter, I, I I think he might have been absent-minded when he sent it. Uh, yes, sir, that's it. Oh, yes, that's... Oh, no, that, that is potentially very embarrassing. Um, I, I'll make sure he gets your message. Yes, yes, I know, he he can be a bit overzealous. Yes, I know, sir, I, I have voiced my concerns too when it comes... To, uh, uh, oh, oh, that Mr. Althwaite is coming over here... Around tea time? Well, yes, sir. I'll let him know. I'll be sure to let him know. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yes. Uh, goodbye. Is everything all right, Mr Adams? I wouldn't say that, no. Um, you see, um... Oh, uh, <laughs> excuse me for another moment. Of course. Come in! Ah, good morning, Gazella. Good morning, Mr Adams. You should really do something about these suitcases. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it up uh, with, with the doctor. <laughs> Here are the translations of Professor Heinlein's publication list, Mr Adams. 
Oh, thank you, thank you. I just put them on that pile. Which one? Uh, the one on the left. <sighs> Your filing system is quite peculiar, Mr. Adams. Oh, oh may I introduce you to Miss um... Simpson? Please call me Tess. How do you do? Oh, <laughs> I don't know what we do without uh, Gisella's help. We receive all of these university transcripts, uh, publications, all sorts of useful evidence for the committee, but we can't make head or tail of it because they're in German. I use all my spare time outside the hospital to help the council. Oh, you work at the hospital. What do you do? I'm an x-ray technician. That must be a very demanding job. Indeed. I have to work long hours, and at the end of the day, no one waits for me at home. We are eternally grateful for your help, even when the existence of our organisation is in jeopardy. Is everything all right, Mr Adams? Well, I should have anticipated this. Apparently Leo sent a letter to Lord Rothermere. Oh? You see, the AAC was set up to find placements in this country for expelled German scientists. And I suspect Lord Rothmere is less than enthusiastic about it. His newspapers are most vocal about his disapproval. Our chairman, Sir William Beveridge, decided not to fight with the press, but Leo can hardly contain himself when he meets someone who he deems ignorant. Um, for a short while, they engaged in this horrible feud where he sent letters to Lord Rothermere decrying his opposition. Oh, dear. Yeah, thankfully, Sir Beveridge managed to dissuade his lordship from taking any meaningful action, but Leo had to promise not to approach him under any circumstances. I, I don't know what could possibly be in that letter. All the more worrying, Sir Beveridge just informed me that Mr Althwaite, Lord Rothermere's secretary, is on his way over here, and the timing uh, makes it worse. How so? Tonight, we're hosting a benefit dinner, at which we aim to raise funds to help finance an additional 20 grants. 20 more refugee scientists who we can help to find placements for. But uh, I digress. Uh, Gazella, thank you. thank you very much for the translations. Any time, Mr Adams. If it's not too much to ask, I'd like you to take a few more? Of course, Mr Adams. Oh, thank you so much. I don't know how I can ever repay you for your hard work. You're welcome, Mr Adams. I'm just glad to be able to help in any small way possible. See you later, Mr Adams. It was good to meet you, Tess. Likewise, Gisela. She's so selfless. She's an enormous help, out of the kindness of her own heart. Well, I think I should leave. Oh, no, 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 please, please, please. Uh, I'm sorry. Your observation is absolutely correct. We are inundated, and I'm all by myself. If you could be kind enough... Of course, what can I do to help? Leo's telegram found me in Geneva, and I came as soon as I could. Oh, dear. You came all the way from Switzerland? Uh, you, you must be very tired. <laughs> On the contrary, travel has the uncanny ability to put my mind to rest. Did I hear you correctly that Leo is, um, having a bath right now? Hmm? Uh, well, uh, yes. Yes, it is very peculiar. Uh, he claims it helps him to think. I see. His dedication and enthusiasm is unquestionable, but his conduct has been both a blessing and a curse. He is quite the colourful character. I met him in uh, Vienna in quite peculiar circumstances. How so? 
I very much enjoy chamber music, you see. In a previous employment in Vienna, we often met up with acquaintances and played together. One evening, our host introduced us to a peculiar man. He introduced himself as Dr. Leo Szilard. He claimed to be a physicist, but I found that he's also an incredibly versatile and passionate piano player. He told us that it was his father's wish to become a concert pianist, but he didn't have the temper, apparently. Uh, yes, that is one way to describe him. Um, I, I, I suppose I uh, ought to ask you a few questions? Certainly. <clears throat> right. Uh, yes. <clears throat> right. Um, I must confess, I've, I've never actually interviewed anyone for a job. <laughs> uh, what, what's usually the first question? Oh, that's simple. You might ask what qualifications I have. Oh, yes, yes thank you. Now, now, what qualifications do you have, Miss... Uh... Simpson. Simpson, Miss Simpson. Yeah, I apologise. Perfectly all right. I have a first-class degree from Leeds University in foreign languages. Splendid. Is it? Oh, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, have you been able to utilise your degree in your professional life? Well, it did come in useful when... Um... Oh, excellent. Aren't you going to ask me for references? Oh, yes, 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 of course, yes. Thank you, thank you. Um, have you got any references? Here's a letter of recommendation from Mr Gethman, the director of the YMCA in Geneva. I was employed as his personal secretary until very recently. I see. Uh, why did you leave? Well, I received a telegram from Leo. Oh, oh yes, 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 of course. <laughs> yes. Aren't you going to read it? I beg your pardon? The letter? Oh, I'm sure it's all right. Has anyone ever actually read the letter of recommendation? Ah, Dr. Gillard, uh, Leo, yes, uh, I'm sorry, but you're, you're not decent. Nonsense! I am wearing a robe. This prudishness of the English always baffles me. I am covered from top to bottom, my dear Adams. But imagine I am wearing clothes beneath it if it puts your mind at ease. Uh, this is the office of the AAC? Be that as it may, this is also my bedroom. Reading a letters of recommendation are a waste of time. If someone is willing to write one for you, that should be sufficient indication of your merits, don't you think? Well, I suppose it's a good way of gauging one's abilities and strengths by a well-respected third party. How about just a short note? I can vouch for this person, or something to that effect. The gesture in and of itself might be worth taking into account. However, the contents might very well be more enlightening of one's abilities. Don't you think? Uh, please accept my profuse apologies, Miss Simpson. Uh, this is my esteemed colleague, Dr Leo Gillard. He is... Hungarian. Leo. My dear Tess, it's good to see you again. Please, don't call me doctor. Even though my father probably would have preferred if I choose the medical profession, like any respectable person with my upbringing would. My doctorate is in physics. I thought you said he wanted you to be a concert pianist. My father often changed his mind. I see you have received my telegram. Uh, Leo, I must protest. That is exactly the kind of conduct that we've talked about. Come on, Karam Adams. You and I both know that we cannot deal with this, this, this sort of things. What sort of thing? You and I have different concept of order. We are scientists. Administration transcends science. It's a form of art. 
And Miss Simpson is exactly the kind of artist who we need. Have I told you how Tess was instrumental in the creation of the AAC? Leo, please. I know you are a modest person, Tess, but credit where credit is due. On the day when we first met in Vienna, I just fled Berlin. Fled? Oh, hasn't he told you the story? Uh, no, I don't, I don't believe I've heard it. Started on the night before when the radio announced Hitler's election victory. I knew it then that I had to leave. I knew that the Nazis would immediately begin purging universities and research institutes of the Jews and other undesirables. I took the first train to Vienna. It was all very cloak and dagger. I decided to travel first class on the off chance that if the police was looking for me, they wouldn't check first class passengers. I arrived at Vienna, thankfully unmolested. All my positions in those two suitcases next to the front door over there. And that evening, Tess, you introduced me to Sir William Beveridge, and without the generous donation of his and Lord Rutherford's, we'd be standing on the street of Charing Cross, not unlike made vagrants shaking our fist at the sky. <laughs> uh, some would say we're already doing that. Very droll, Adams. But now Tess is here, and we are saved. We are quite frankly at the end of our wits now. As you can see, we're swamped with applications. Ever since Mr. Hitler came to power, we receive an ever-increasing number of pleas from scientists across Germany desperate to find a place for themselves. Just today we got 27 new applications and our funds are limited. And to be honest, we don't have the experience necessary to evaluate them. Who needs what? Who's qualified? Who can be referred to? That sort of thing. And if that wasn't difficult enough, Leo wrote some sort of letter to Lord Rothermere's private secretary, Mr. Althwaite. Rothermere is infatuated with fascists! Leo! Lord Rothermere is a member of the House of Lords. He's a very well-respected gentleman and the proprietor of some of the most powerful newspapers in this country. And as such, he's in an ideal position to help or hinder our cause. You see? Even you cannot deny it! Look at this! Nazi party represents the birth of Germany as a nation? If Herr Hitler used his majority prudently and peacefully... No one here will shed any tears of the disappearance of German democracy. Czechoslovakia is not the remotest concert to us. The audacity! Sir Beveridge telephoned not five minutes ago. Apparently, you sent Lord Rothermere's private secretary a letter of some description. It was a very honest and open expression of my views. Well, that's precisely what I was afraid of. You and your honest and open expressions... And what was in that letter? I can assure you all it was based on verifiable facts. Has he read it yet? What did he say? Apparently he read it, and although Sir Beveridge didn't mention specifics, the fact that he's coming over for tea doesn't bode well for you. So he read it? Yes. And he decided to pop in for a cup of tea? Apparently so. Very good. Please level with me, Leo. What was in the letter? I may have used some colourful language. Oh, Leo. In your last letter to a very well-respected medical doctor, the head of the British Medical Association, no less, you advised him to perform an act that's not only distasteful, but I'm very sure is anatomically impossible. 
The Royal College of Surgeons doesn't take foreign doctors on their registry. And when the war comes... Uh, if it comes... This country will regret turning its back on them. Let's not forget about the last letter you wrote to Lord Rotherby. Hmm? Uh, uh, <laughs> My dear Lord Rothermere, thank you kindly for the generous donation you've given to the fascist movement of Oswald Mosley. You are now kindly requested to match the amount to help the refugee scientists who were dispelled by Mosley's German friends. Was he angry? Angry? Oh, only to the extent that he telephoned the Home Secretary and demanded the immediate expulsion of Leo from the United Kingdom. Oh, no. Sir Beveridge was able to convince him that since the Doctor doesn't yet possess all the facets of the English language and culture, he should be allowed to broaden his mind. This is an insulting statement! Well, in this case, you better play the ignorant foreigner card as long as you can. Lord Rothermere is not to be trifled with. Your forcefulness rubs people the wrong way. You must try to be more diplomatic. He wasn't going to help us anyway. Then why alienate him? What purpose does that serve? I thought I would satisfy my desire to tell him exactly what I think of him. Then why did you write to him again? I didn't. I wrote to his secretary. Oh. Why? I have a solution for the Rathamere problem. And what is that solution? I'm going to blackmail him. Leo, this is, this is preposterous. What exactly do you mean by blackmail? While everyone was running around hand-wringing, I have done my homework on this Mr. Outwhite. I have discovered that he has a pension for the unusual, the unsubstantiated, the heretic. What do you mean by that? I happen to come across the peculiar pamphlet in which there is an interesting article by Mr. Outwhite, written about ten years ago, praising the Hollow Earth Thesis. What is the Hollow Earth Thesis? The earth is hollow, and there is a subterranean life underneath our feet. The mirror to our own civilization. <laughs> that, that is, that's ridiculous. Not only that, it can even be called a thesis. This expression has specific meanings, you know. <laughs> and you are going to use this article to what end? I will tell Mr. Outwaite that he can choose. Either his lordship makes an appearance tonight at the benefit dinner and contributes to the funds of the AAC. Or? I will send the article to the editor of the Daily Herald. I'm almost certain that they'd be interested to find out about Mr. Outwaite's views. <laughs> that is a terrible idea. Are you sure this is the best course of action? Maybe instead of that, you could try to persuade him that what you're doing is worthy of support? Otis, how I envy your belief in people's humanity. I'm disappointed to see you treating this poor Mr. Althwaite's career so cavalierly in the pursuit to simply embarrass his employer. You don't even know him. However, I do see your point. Oh, Tess, I made a fool out of myself. Well, you haven't lost the respect of anyone who knows you. Let's keep it so that you won't lose it with someone you don't. Oh, I suppose it's too late to turn this around. What should we do? Mr. Althwaite is coming over for tea. I suggest you tell him that you didn't have any malicious intent, and then you ask him sincerely if he could mediate between you and Lord Rathermere. I, I really don't see how. You, you've got a terrible temper. I don't have a temper! 
I would call it impatience. Nevertheless, if he's aggravating in writing, I don't even want to imagine what would happen in person. This is a very delicate matter. If it's all the same to you, I'm going to remain here in order to keep the tone relaxed. Are you absolutely certain? What Leo insinuated in this letter is bordering on illegal, if not downright criminal. I, I, I shan't be surprised if Mr Althwaite were to turn up with the police. I'm convinced that he won't, and I'm absolutely certain that Leo will be able to articulate himself in a way that is not detrimental to his standing in society. Well, I appreciate your tenacity, Miss Simpson. I don't see how this scheme can work out well for any of us. I mean, look at him. He's just like a caged animal as he paces up and down. First things first. Leo, you need to take a bath. What, another one? It seems to me that baths have a calming effect on him. <laughs> I have been ordered to have a bath, like a child. It will be good for you. All right. I do it for you, Tess. Inexplicably, I feel somehow reassured that he won't have to face Mr. Althwaite alone. We could do without any more surprises, Leo. I promise you. I give you my word as a gentleman... That from now on, I will never send any more letters or telegrams to anyone without letting you know first of my intentions. Come in. Leo. Max, dearest of all my friends, you received my telegram. How are you? My shining beacon of hope and progress. Not bad, not bad. Let me introduce you to our wonderful secretary, Walter Adams. He's a biologist and Miss Esther Simpson. Max here is a very bright boy I met in Vienna. He's excelling in the field of biochemistry. Ah, yes, Dr. Perutz, uh, we have received his application. Indeed, we have. Unfortunately, the AAC couldn't support him. That was one difficult letter I had to write. I wrote the letter. You made me write it. But why? If he is, as you say, a worthy candidate for support. Our mandate is sadly limited to offer placements to those who have already distinguished themselves in their fields. It's, it's unfortunate. But, but this is appalling. Heartbreaking. But there is a solution. Is there? Of course. Leo, I hope this isn't another one of your schemes. because My dear Adams, oh ye of little faith. Dr. Peretz is in the verge of publishing an article on certain proteins. Indeed, I have written such an article. And your telegram said that it passed a peer review, and only waits for the approval of the editor. My father's business is going very badly. He gave me what he could, and the amount will probably be enough for a few months, but not for long. And one has to consider what will be lost to researching humanity if I cannot concentrate on science, and instead I have to devote myself to a business career. It would be very sad if the Nobel Prize had to be awarded to somebody not worthy of it. Don't despair. I am certain when Sir Gregory reads your article, he will be more than pleased to publish it. Hmm. Is there a way to fasten up the process. Maybe if I could come to the benefit dinner tonight to speak to him. <laughs> Enterprising idea. Let's see if I have an invitation here somewhere. I'm afraid you've sent out all of them, including the one to... Yes, yes, yes. I am well aware of that. Thank you very much. Don't you worry, Max. 
I will get one for you. But how? All the chairs are filled. Don't despair, Max. I will have someone to come by with an invitation for you. If you could come by after six, that would be wonderful. You see, Adams? There are no shenanigans involved. Everything is right and proper. Well, that's always a first. I can't thank you enough, Leo. I shall be back then. Good day to you. It's good to see that boy. Gives you back one's fate in the future, don't you think? In what way? His parents and all his friends live in a shadow of Nazi Germany. He's rightfully concerned. Yet, while the rest of us are stunned into inaction, he pursues his scientific career. That determination is enviable, don't you think? No doubt, but I still don't see how you'll conjure up an invitation out of thin air. Don't fret, my dear Adams. It will come to me any minute now. Leo, it's bath time. I only take my leave because I trust your judgment. Mr. Adams, I know that you would rather be elsewhere for this meeting, but could you escort me to the shops? I'm afraid I don't know my way around these parts. Well, of course. Of course, Miss Simpson. That, that gives me an opportunity to tell you more about our work. Hello! I suppose I'm a bit early. It's not even quarter to five yet. Come in! Hello? I came about the article. Oh, you are very quick, I might say so. I'm... I know who you are. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. Have you read it? Ha! Did I read it? You certainly enjoy playing games, don't you? I didn't mean to... Why don't you tell me? Oh, well, I thought it was relatively straightforward, uh, the article. So, you are not denying your intentions? My intentions? I can assure you they are right and proper. Right and proper? You certainly have a way with words. What do you mean? Have I made grammatical mistakes? Very well, if you insist. Name your terms. My terms? Oh, about the article. That is why I am here. Tell me what it is you want. Money? Well, that wouldn't go on this, but... But? I'm not entirely sure I'm in any position to negotiate fees. I was just looking to get it published. Published? I suppose you've already contacted one of our competitors. Oh, no, I, I would never do that. The rules of academia don't permit me to do so. How very admirable of you. But alas, I cannot take your word for it. So, what is it you want? Favours? Uh, please, uh, let's sit down and, and talk it over. I really don't think we need to be animated about this. It, it's only an article. Maybe to you this is only an article. For me, this could be devastating. Oh, is it that bad? You seem to revel in another man's misery. Uh, not at all. It is 
it's the last thing I want to do. Please, tell me what it is that causes you anguish. Have you ever felt foolish in your life? Many, many times. And have you ever been reminded of your foolishness in later years? In a way that not only embarrasses you personally, but also professionally? Well, oh, there was a girl I was infatuated with. But quite honestly, I, I, I do not think there is a woman out there who could arouse my intellectual curiosity. It was a rhetorical question. Uh, I am sorry. For a while, I engaged in uh, the pursuit of certain since-long-debunked areas of sciences. I don't think you should feel bad about that. In the pursuit of knowledge, if you hit a cul-de-sac... Oh, thank you. I'm surprised that you say that. It has happened to all scientists. Uh, I'm sure even Professor Einstein found himself in the wrong. You seem much more agreeable in person than in writing, if you don't mind my saying so. Thank you. Although, to what gave you that impression that I wasn't... Nevertheless, this little article represents an embarrassing moment in my life. Oh, I am... Sorry that you feel this way. I have matured and saw the error of my ways. What I don't want is to pay for my mistakes forever. I did not mean to embarrass you. I appreciate your words. However, this letter... However, I am in desperate need to get published. It puts me in a very difficult position. Wait, wait a minute. What do you mean? In a... Desperate need to get published. You see, I'm in a bit of a predicament. The AAC... Oh, yes, the AAC. ...are only able to support me if I can provide evidence of my scientific research work, meaning I have to be published in respectable scientific journals. <laughs> oh, what a fool I was! I could have sworn you were talking about my article. Oh. Did you write an article? Yes, I have. I, I thought that is what you wanted to discuss with me, the embarrassing article that I wrote for the Workers' Weekly. Oh, good afternoon. Uh, Mr. Althwaite, I presume? Good afternoon. I apologise, we didn't expect you this early. I had some errands to run nearby. I thought we could resolve this problem before tea time. Oh, have you acquainted yourselves? Yes. And I have to say, I feel a bit confused about what the good doctor said just now. Oh, well, that is wonderful. I'm sure you also find Dr. Silard hospitable too. I beg your pardon? I know that in writing he can come across as a little harsh, but in person he is quite reserved. I'm sorry. I don't understand. I'm sure he'll be ready any time now. But if that is not Dr. Silard, who is he then? I'm Max Perutz. Pleased to meet you. What is this commotion? Dr. Sillard, I presume. Do I know you? You could say that, yes. Ah, oh, oh yes, you must be Mr. Outwhite. You are here about the article. You could say that, yes. <laughs> and Max, what an unexpected surprise. I am sorry, Leo, but I couldn't wait. 
<laughs> and you are also here about the article. I do sincerely hope you don't mean the same article. Yes, I mean, no, no, I don't. Let's have some tea. Terrific idea. I'm afraid I cannot stay. Oh, please, Mr. Althwaite. Leo. Uh, I, I, I have to apologise, Mr. Althwaite. Oh? Uh, I, I may have provoked you to join us today under false pretenses. False pretenses? Indeed. So, your letter in which you threatened to expose a youthful mishap to the newspapers was a ruse? Uh, yes. Not a very well thought out one. Yes, I, I meant no. What Dr. Zillard means is he felt desperate. Our work here in the Academic Assistance Council is an important one, but Dr. Zillard had trouble engaging with your employer, uh, Lord Rothermere, and he felt there was no other way to attract attention. Yes, what she said. Oh, so this isn't about me after all, this ridiculous charade. Charade, Mr. Althwaite? To lure me over with this outrageous, threatening letter, exposing a youthful mistake of mine, so I would betray the confidence of my employer. I hope you're satisfied with the results of this experiment. A good day to you all. Please, Mr. Althwaite, let me explain. What is there to explain, Miss Simpson? This is blackmail. I have been lured over here and inserted into a convoluted plot? God knows what your intention with the presence of this, this foreigner. And then you have the audacity to say it was a misunderstanding. You can say goodbye to your precious counsel. I will make sure that Lord Rothmere gets the message loud and clear how much you detest him. I do detest him. Oh, Leo. I hate him for what he's supporting. And your hatred would go as far as to embarrass his secretary? What do you mean? Mr. Althwaite, it is true. Dr. Zylard was hoping that you would give him a few minutes of your time. But he did not have an elaborate plan other than to appeal to your magnanimity. Mr. Perrot's early arrival was unexpected, but his presence is simply an accident. <laughs> See me disorganized state of your offices, I'm inclined to believe you. I'm willing to give you five minutes to explain yourselves. Otherwise, I might need to raise the matter with the authorities. I'm sure that won't be necessary. I'm eager to hear your proposal, if it's not to involve the publication of my transgression. Absolutely. Mr. Althwaite, what the Council does here is admirable. In a small way, they're trying to help the best minds of another country to find a home. These are eminent, well-studied people who found themselves in no fault of their own in a desperate situation. And they have so much to give to our country, to the world. He might have his quirks, but despite your first impression, Leo does mean well. And yes, the letters he sent you, that was a mistake that's difficult to forgive. But please, don't let this unfortunate encounter make you two enemies. And even if you disagree with the aims of this organisation, please, don't let it be destroyed by a personal squabble. Your council supports people to take jobs. British jobs from British scientists. Here we go.
Oh, Leo, please. These positions are created and funded by the Council specifically for displaced scientists who are well-renowned and respected in their field. In effect, they're bringing their research expertise and knowledge right to our doorstep. It would be foolish of us to dismiss them. How do you know that? Do you know all of these people in person? Look around. There must be thousands and thousands who want to come to this country. Not all of them are Professor Einstein. Thankfully, I can answer to that. You met one already today. Oh? This is Mr. Perutz. He's one of our applicants. You are a scientist, Mr. Perutz? Yes, I am a biochemist. I currently in the process of important research into the structure of hemoglobin. As I mentioned earlier, I wrote an article on the subject. Unfortunately, the Council can't support him. Oh? May I ask why? If what he says is true, then he is surely a worthy applicant. We had to set very strict criteria on who to support. University lecturing positions, research grants or laboratories are limited in capacity, sadly. And even though we keep trying to reach out to the United States for help, they don't see reason to take anyone in. Sometimes it does look like we're all alone. Mr. Perutz, however well he's educated, how promising his career is simply too young, too early in his career. I need to publish articles in respected scientific journals. This is how one's merit is gauged, scientifically speaking. That is regrettable. However, we simply can't afford to take care of all of Europe. If we let everyone in, we'd be inundated. Britain is only a small island, you know. We're not asking you to save everybody. We kindly entreat you to save a few. Nothing more. I think I understand. Before I consider the matter settled, there's one more thing needs addressing. Sillard. What? You need to say something to Mr. Althwaite. Uh, oh, uh, 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 out, uh, uh, Mr. Althwaite, uh, I owe you an apology. I have spent a considerable amount of time to find something to embarrass you in front of the world. Much more time than I'm willing to admit to. I wanted to make you feel as small, ridiculous, and pitiful as I have felt. I, I should not have done that. Yes. Well... And I am sorry that I used the time and the resource of this office to create this scenario. While I can't say that, I didn't have some pleasure in reading your article. I should not have done it. Despise that at the end of the day, even the wrong idea can lead us to a good one. I am so sorry, Mr. Outwaite. Very well. While his lordship... Unfortunately, won't be able to attend tonight's benefit dinner for the Academic Assistance Council. He is grateful for the invitation, and I'm sure he'd agree for me to write this check for £100. There's no reason for me to keep your letter? Hmm? Oh, thank you, Mr. Outway. Good day. That was a strange man. Who was that strange fellow who just passed by me in the staircase? He, he looked quite upset. 
Uh, anyway, Miss Simpson, I managed to find the biscuits you recommended. Oh, you just missed the intrepid Mr. Outweight. <laughs> oh, no. It was a terrible misunderstanding at first, but thankfully Leo managed to summon up his diplomatic self. Tess did the heavy lifting. <laughs> did he manage to convince him to hand back the incriminating letter? It is in Tess's kind hands, and not only that, but thanks to Tess, we have been given a donation. Show him the check. Look. What? One hundred pounds? Well, that's fantastic work, Tess. Please, open the envelope. My dear Max eagerly awaits the invitation. Uh, uh, what is the matter? Your <clears throat> letter is here, but I can't see any invitation next to it. Oh, dear. So you didn't even include an invitation? Uh, we must have given them all out before I got to this one. I am truly sorry, but I will somehow figure out the way to get you a seat. Let's have a drink. At this time of day? You English and your customs. I wasn't proposing an evening of debauchery, just a simple toast. But we already have tea. <laughs> Very well, then. Thank you. Come in. I'm sorry, Professor. Is this a bad time? Not at all, Gisela. Do come in. Have you met my young friend over here from Vienna? Pleased to meet you. I am Max Porutz. How do you do? Would you like some tea, Gisela? Oh, thank you. <laughs> what is it you're finding so amusing right now? Uh, nothing really, my dear Adams. But the first time German speakers outnumber the English speakers in this room. <laughs> that is indeed interesting. <laughs> Miss Spicer and yourself have something in common, Max. Oh, and what would that be? Miss Spicer is an X-ray technician in St. Bart's Hospital. You research hemoglobin with the help of X-rays, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? That's correct, yes. You must tell me all about it. Uh, Gisela, I apologise. I wouldn't want to spoil this meeting, but was there something you wanted to discuss? Oh, I just came by to give you this. Somehow it got mixed into the transcripts I took to translate this morning. What is it? I don't know, but it looks like an invitation. <laughs> oh, oh! What is it? It is a great day after all. Look, the last remaining invitation for tonight's dinner. <laughs> that is wonderful. <laughs> I told you, Max, I will find one for you. <laughs> I'm happy that it's all resolved. I have to leave now, though. My lunch hour is almost over. Would you mind if I were to come with you? I'd love to discuss your experiences with x-rays. You'd be most welcome to. I'd better leave too. I need to get changed for the dinner. Miss Simpson, it was a pleasure to meet you. And Leo, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Again, thank you for everything, Zillard. <laughs> An eventful Thursday, wouldn't you say? First A. So I have the job. Oh yes, of course. But I'm afraid I won't be your supervisor. But why? Uh, Leo? I should have told the both of you when Adams was here, but I didn't want to turn the mood blue. What do you mean? I have been talking to Professor Einstein about my idea of the nuclear chain reaction. He's adamant to leave for the United States, and 
I have decided to follow him. Nuclear chain reaction? I don't understand what that means. A while ago, I was wandering around London, just, just, just aimlessly. I forced to stop some traffic lights, I think somewhere around Russell Square. I may have been absent-minded that day because I kept thinking about the speech Lord Rutherford made. He, rather foolishly if I may say, dismissed the idea of releasing energy by splitting the atom. He said it was moonshine. I don't really know what annoyed me more, the traffic light or his flippant statement. And then, I had a thought. What if a neutron was propelled into a single atom? If you do it with the force powerful enough, it could potentially force this atom to release two neutrons. Which means neutrons would hit another two atoms, forcing them to release two of their neutrons. And then you had four, and then eight, and so on, turning into an avalanche. A nuclear chain reaction which liberates energy on an unprecedented scale. That sounds like a very important observation. It is a very important observation. Probably the most important one in our lifetimes. We could potentially use that enormous energy to generate electricity, provide power for all sorts of purposes, and to construct weapons. Oh, God. Indeed, Tess. Bombs more powerful than anything we have ever constructed as a species. And that's only the second most terrifying thought I had. What could have been the first? If I realize the possibility of nuclear chain reaction, I am certain that my old colleagues back in Germany are not far behind. And I don't have to tell you what that would mean for Herr Hitler to have a device with such a destructive power. That's why Einstein and I have to go to the United States. But why? Uh, couldn't you conduct your research in Britain to build your device here with us? No, Tess. This has to be done in America. This country would need 10 or even 20 years to complete a task this enormous. Politics work in a predictable manner in Britain. The next government diverts the funding and the government after that moves the entire project to a more contested constituency. Nuclear energy first has to become a terrifying weapon. It needs to be researched and developed in a country that not only has the will but the backing to see it through, undisturbed by the comings and goings of daily politics. This is a good country, test. Even though the likes of Radomir do their very best to turn it otherwise, People with good hearts outnumber them, but they are scared. Tess, promise me something. Anything. You are not just a good person, but someone who won't stand idly by when it's time to act. <laughs> Look at me. I am used to the podium that I almost lectured my very own department had. If there is... Anyone out there who can help the best and brightest mind of Europe on the run, it's you. You're too kind. It's not some cheap flattery, Tess. There will be a time, very soon, when the very people you thought of as leaders and protectors will do something utterly reprehensible. And you have to be able to stand up to them without losing your faith in them. 
That sounds like an awfully bleak vision for the future, Leo. <laughs> that bleak vision of mine, as you put it, have saved my skin at least twice so far. Remaining vigilant is a must in our time. I think I understand. I knew you would. Goodbye, Tess. Goodbye. I am speaking to you from the cabinet room at 10 Downing Street. This morning, the British ambassador in Berlin handed the German government a final note stating that unless we heard from them by 11 o'clock, that they were prepared at once to withdraw their troops from Poland, a state of war would exist between us. I have to tell you now that no such undertaking has been received and that consequently this country is at war with Germany. All right, Simpkins, who's next? Ah, Miss Simpson, again. Yes, Mr Matthews. What is it this time? Another one of your children got caught after curfew? Sir, a grave injustice has been committed. This whole war is a grave injustice. Nevertheless, we must persevere. I'd like to refer you to my letter of the last month of this year. Well, you have to be a bit more specific, Miss Simpson. To date, you've written... 218 letters to this alien tribunal, and that doesn't even include the letters you wrote to the Home Secretary himself, which ended up on my desk. Sir, I refer you to the matter of Dr Max Perutz, the renowned scientist. He has been incarcerated for two months, and this week we found out that he was put on a transport and has been sent to an internment camp in Canada. Sounds like standard procedure to me, Miss Simpson. As you're well aware, we categorise all residing aliens who are yielding from a country we're at war with. Category A are the ones for immediate detention, and Category C for those who can remain with certain restrictions. Yes, sir. And Dr Perrids and his elderly parents were all given Category C, and Dr Perrids was nothing but compliant with every rule and regulation prescribed to him, but was still taken from his family at nothing short of gunpoint. He has been denied visitors and mail correspondence. If you were to read my letter and the accompanying evidence... Miss Simpson, there are 200,000 legal aliens residing in the United Kingdom from current enemy territories. We have to process them and are not given much time or resources to do so. God willing, this war will end soon, but until that time, we have to be alert. Better safe than sorry. As they say. Sir, Dr. Perrins is a well-respected scientist whose work is invaluable to the war effort. May I list his contributions to the tribunal? That's not necessary, Miss Simpson. Dr. Max Perutz has been accepted as a fellow to the highly respected Cavendish Laboratory in Cambridge with the support of the Rockefeller Foundation. He has been conducting pioneering research of utmost importance on the field of... Miss Simpson. Biochemistry and medicine. Miss Simpson, thank you very much for that impressive list of accolades. I'm sure if his accomplishments were essential, there would be a notation in his file. I've been looking at the forms for a while now, but I can't 
find any. Oh, well, there should be. Are you certain, sir? Do you doubt my word as the president of this tribunal, Miss Simpson? No, of course not, sir. But could you read his file one more time to be absolutely sure? After all, it's better to be safe than sorry. Paulus Peterson Perutz. Here it is, Maximilian Perutz, chemist. That is a mistake, sir. He is not a chemist. Look, Miss Simpson, the form doesn't allow a lot of space for occupation. I'm sure the official filling out the form decided to shorten it. Shorten it? With all due respect, sir, a molecular biologist is not a chemist. Also, there's a letter from... Uh, from a Professor Lawrence Bragg from the Cavendish Laboratory. That's where you told us Dr Perrots was working, correct? Correct, sir. To quote Professor Bragg, I cannot help feeling that if release is pressed for in a number of exceptional cases, it will be hard to draw the line and easy for some of the dangerous people to be set free. Hmm. It seems very straightforward to me, Miss Simpson. Mr Matthews, I've petitioned the Home Office. I also wrote to the MP for Cambridge to get Dr Perrots returned. He arrived back from Canada this morning, and he's waiting for your decision outside. It is now your responsibility to give him the proper authorization to resume his life and work in this country. Very well then, Miss Simpson, I'll hear him out. But let me warn you, unless this court is absolutely and completely satisfied with Dr Perrot's words and the evidence of his work, he's going back to the Canadian internment facility on the first ship leaving Portsmouth. Send him in, Simpkins. Yes, Mr. Matthews. Dr. Parrots, Dr. Parrots, please. Good morning. And the young lady? I'm Gisela Paisa, sir. Dr. Parrots' fiancé. If you permit me, I'd like to stay and assist Max. I mean, he isn't feeling well. Very well. Take a seat. As I understand it, Dr. Parrots, you are a German... No. I beg your pardon? I'm sorry. What he means, sir, is that he's not German. He's from Austria. But in the eyes of the law, you are a German, an enemy alien. Not by choice, sir. When Germany annexed Austria, I was already living in England. I do not recognise that regime. To your detriment, we do. Now, tell me, what made you come to this country? I was invited. Invited? By whom? By Cambridge University. If I may, Mr Matthews, he has been accepted for further education five years ago. This is what he means by... If it's all the same to you, Miss Simpson, I'd like the appellant to explain himself. Explain myself. Max, my dear. Explain myself. <coughs> Please, Mr Matthews, he's not well. Mr Matthews, as you can see, he's been through a lot. May I remind you all that the petitioner has to respond to my questions by himself and not through go-betweens. Otherwise, I can't give him the release he seeks. <coughs> I... I came to England to study. And you have concluded your studies? Yes. So then, why did you decide to stay following the completion of your studies? Mr. Matthews, may I remind you that by then he became stateless? Stateless? 
Yes, Mr. Matthews. By then, Germany took over and the authorities had stripped him of his citizenship. So he claims to be a refugee now. <laughs> refugee? Is everything all right? Can't you see he's not feeling well? Miss Pizer, I have to warn you. If I may, Mr. Matthews. Zillard. I beg your pardon? Zillard. Did he say Zillard? What does that mean? I believe he means Sillard, sir. Leo Sillard. You mentioned a Leo Zillard before. Is he also a refugee? Ha, Zillard. Leo Zillard. Is there something amusing, Dr. Perutz? Leo knew. But there's coming. I do not understand. Allow me, Mr. Matthews. Dr. Leo Sillard, the world-renowned physicist, is a mentor and a friend of his. When Dr. Sillard left Germany seven years ago, he immediately began to rally people around to help those who will be dispelled by the Nazis, the Jews, the communists, the social democrats, anyone who isn't an unquestioning member of the Nazi party. Few have taken him seriously, but thankfully those who did were in a position to do something. And with Dr. Sillard's help, Sir William Beveridge established the Academic Assistance Council, the AAC. He worked for long hours, all next to his work in physics, without pay. Nobody knew how wealthy he was, and as a matter of fact, fast running out of money. But he'd never let on. Generous to his last penny. Where is he now? He followed Professor Einstein to America. But he and Dr. Perutz are still writing to one another. At least they did. Until he was um, taken from his home. Tell me about your incarceration. Have you been treated well? On the morning, three policemen came to our house. They told him to get dressed and they put him in a lorry with all sorts of others. We weren't even allowed to know where they took him. If it wasn't for a kind-hearted warden on the Isle of Wight at the detention camp, we wouldn't even know if he was alive or dead. We were put on a boat. We didn't know where we were going. Some were terrified that we were going back to Germany. I saw one man who couldn't take it. Jumped off the ship. Into the sea. We were kept in the bowels of the ship. I hadn't seen sun or sky for days. And when we arrived, we were in Canada. That was the first time where Max, uh, Dr. Perutz, could send me a letter. He told me that in the camp there were thousands. Not just the unwanted, but prisoners of war too. Many had taken their lives. Miss Simpson tried everything on heaven and earth to get the authorities to return him. To have been arrested, interned as an enemy alien by the English, whom, whom I regarded as my friends, made me more bitter than to have lost freedom itself. Having first been rejected as a Jew by my native Austria, which I, which I loved. 
I now find myself rejected as a German by my, by my adopted country. Thank you. I think it is prudent, next to your testimony and the documentary evidence, to invite some witnesses to speak for your character. Certainly, sir. If you permit me, I took the liberty to call one highly respected member of society to speak for Dr. Perutz. And who would that be? Lord Rothermere's personal private secretary, Mr. William Althwaite. He is waiting just outside. Very well, then. Mr. Althwaite? I don't understand why I'm here. There's a war on, you know. Thank you very much for coming, Mr. Althwaite. This is very important and it will only take a short time. I only met the man once all those years ago and I thought he was someone else. But he did behave admirably and politely. I'm only here because we have an understanding. I understand that you found the experience embarrassing, but so did Dr. Perutz. And you do a great service to the war effort. He has important work at the Fleming Institute. For all I know, he could be a German spy. Oh, he most certainly is not, Mr. Althwaite. What is the matter? Just one more moment, sir. I was only appealing to your good judge of character. Even not knowing him, you took Dr. Perutz and the Academic Assistance Council into your confidence, and we haven't betrayed that. That much should say something for his standing. I warn you, Miss Simpson, I will not lie to this tribunal. Oh, Mr. Althwaite, nobody expects you to do so. Good afternoon, sir. My name is William Althwaite. Good afternoon, Mr. Althwaite. Thank you very much for coming. We won't take much of your valuable time. Please, have a seat. Thank you, sir. I'm just happy to be of service to my uh, old friend. An old friend? How long have you known the appellant? Uh, <clears throat> we met before the war. I see. And what are your impressions of Dr. Perutz? He... His discretion is beyond reproach. His discretion? Yes, sir. I see. And in his conduct? His conduct is beyond reproach. I found him courteous, polite, and impeccably trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mr. Althwaite. No, thank you, sir. Very well, then. Do you have any more witnesses, Miss Simpson? Uh, no, Mr. Matthews, but... Miss Simpson, if you have nothing more to add, then I sadly have to order that. I beg your pardon? I I'm very sorry, sir. I, I, I didn't mean to. And whom might you be? I do apologise, Mr. Matthews. This is Mr. Adams, uh, the secretary of the AAC. Mr. Adams, may I ask what is the reason for this interruption? I apologise, sir, but there's a letter that just arrived and you must read it before you make a ruling. This is highly unorthodox, Miss Simpson. It's a letter from Professor Albert Einstein, who'd like to give you his testimony in absentia. I'm sure Mr Matthews wouldn't mind. Professor Albert Einstein himself? Yes, sir. You both realise that forgery is a serious criminal offence. I assure you this letter is genuine, and I submit it for your consideration. Hmm. Dear Tess, 
Thank you for your letter I received on the 10th of last month. I am trusting this letter to a courier who can deliver it to you, hopefully before it's not too late. I have an already broad correspondence with many individuals and officials, but on the insistence of our mutual friend Leo Zillard, I will give you my recommendation of Dr. Max Perutz. I know Gillard has a low opinion of letters of recommendation in general, but considering the gravity of the situation, I'll be as thorough as possible. I met the young Dr. Perutz at an evening benefit dinner to honour and support the Academic Assistance Council. Even though my knowledge of organic chemistry is not very broad, I found his enthusiasm contagious, as did Dr. Gillard, whose work has been greatly influenced by him. Of course, secrecy prevents me from disclosing the nature of that research. Rest assured of its utmost importance for our future. As for Dr. Perrot's political stance, which I'm sure will come up in these proceedings, I can tell you without hesitation that he is vehemently against Nazi Germany. He and his family are also the victims of Hitler's expansionism. I'm sure you're aware that he takes care of his elderly parents, could barely escape persecution with barely their clothes on their backs. I can give you my word that he is a decent human being. I hope that that is sufficient evidence for you, Tess, and for the tribunal. Otherwise, I'm quite convinced that Chillard will force me to write further letters, petitioning your government, even to threaten military intervention on your home office if need be. That man can be a pest sometimes. Yours sincerely, Albert Einstein. Thank you, Miss Simpson. And if there are no further interjections, I propose that Dr. Maximilian Perutz shall be released back to his home as a Category C alien. That still entails regular daily reports at his local constabulary, and any and all travel plans shall be submitted for review. Good day. I don't know how I shall ever thank you all. Don't worry about it, Dr. Perutz. Thank you. It was nothing at all. Thank you, Mr. Althwaite. I think your testimony made the difference. Thank you. And if you ever think of helping the society in the future... I wish you luck, but if there is a next time, I'd rather just write a cheque. If you'll excuse me. Goodbye, Mr. Althwaite. Doctor? Thank you, Mr. Althwaite. Thank you, Tess, for everything. Nonsense, Gisela. You do the most important but least spectacular work for us. Without your translations, we would have been blind. Let's go home. You were wonderful, Tess. Mr. Adams, you are very kind, but it's only Wednesday, and I'll have to be back tomorrow for two more appeals. There are 500 more names on the list of our scientists who are still incarcerated somewhere in the maze of the Home Office. Well, let's hope the others will be released quicker and easier. I, for one, wouldn't mind that at all. By the way, there was a letter for you too. For me? It's from Leo. Dear Tess, I take advantage of Einstein's courier to tell you something important. I know that my temperament and directness doesn't appeal to everyone. I know I'm called the pest from Budapest behind my back. 
Your approach to life's problems are more polite and tactful. If they call me a pest, you deserve a more endearing name. You, Esther Simpson, are a lioness, and God loves you for it. You have been listening to Tess and the Pest, the cast in order of appearance, Dan March, Tamara Rithala, Margareta Sabo, Mihai Sabadosh, Nigel Thomas, Tom Knight and Chris Braswell. Mixed by Nick Desmond. Recorded in Canada, Germany and the United Kingdom during the lockdown. <laughs>